welcome back to the Sweet Clarity Podcast, the place where we deepen the relationship we have with ourselves and get radically clear on our life purpose. I am your host, Grayson Wadajaw. You guys are in for a treat with this one today. This is a beautiful conversation with Zoe Paulson, who is a dear friend of mine. You may have seen her on YouTube from her content documenting her life journey, where she explores minimalism, moving to Italy, embracing spirituality, spreading knowledge of ancient plant medicine, and most recently, her stories of living in Bali, Indonesia for the last year. Zoe is a certified professional life coach, four-time published author, verified YouTuber, and certified Cambo practitioner. She does a lot. She is inspiring, empowering, and pretty much sunshine in human form, if I do say so myself. I feel incredibly grateful to be in her energy and expanded by her on a daily basis. In this episode, we talk about expansive friendships and the nuances of the soul's journey that require us to let go and evolve in order to create space for the new. In our personal lives, Zoe and I often chat about the curiosity and desire that we both share to find the fullest level of vitality and optimization. We are passionate about elevating our life experience because we are so deeply present to the fact that we are creators of our reality. And because you are here with us right now, tuning into this episode, I know you are in this vibration with us. So at the end of this episode, stay tuned to hear more about an exciting opportunity we have in store for you. If you would like to come spend a week in Bali with both Zoe and I on Clara Fino's upcoming retreat that will be held in the middle of May 2022. So for more information, just keep on listening to this episode and check out the link in the show notes. And without further ado, let's welcome Zoe Paulson to the Sweet Clarity Podcast. Hi, Zoe. Welcome to the Sweet Clarity Podcast. It's so great to have you here. Hey, Grayson. I am beyond excited to be chatting with you today. It's long overdue, I feel like, and we've got a lot to chat about. Yes, I'm so excited. All in divine time, of course, since we've got so much to dive into today. And the first question I'd love to ask is, when do you feel the most connected to your soul's purpose? This is such a beautiful question. So I feel like when I feel the most connected to my soul's purpose is when I am speaking and really just connecting to that that channel, to divine source, and just trusting my intuition, trusting my inner voice. And that speaking can be on a podcast like we're doing right now, or it can be in a YouTube video, or it can be channeled through writing. So that's just when I feel like I learn the most about myself. I feel the most connected. But also to answer this question in a more physical state of being of when do I feel the most connected to my soul's purpose would definitely be in serving Cambo and just being in ceremony in general. Yes. And for anyone out there that is curious to learn more about Cambo and even 
maybe you aren't even sure what that is, episode number five of the Sweet Clarity podcast goes all into detail about my personal first experience sitting with the medicine that Zoe facilitated for me. So check that one out if you missed it. Um, But yeah, to go back to what you just said about, you know, speaking and writing, I feel like it's so important to really understand and acknowledge those mediums that do flow naturally through us, because I think that is so connected to ultimately our soul's purpose. You know, it's, it's, there's a reason why we are in so much of alignment with these mediums. And so I just think that's so beautiful that you are just so aware that, yeah, it's speaking and in creating these conscious conversations and just diving more into what makes you who you are, you know? And what I love to dive into with this conversation with you today, Zoe, is this concept of expansive friendships. And I first want to know how you define what an expander is to you. Yes. Ooh, great question, Grayson. I feel like an expander to me is someone who expands my realm of possibilities for my life and for my future. And it just expands my awareness as well. And I can give the example of our friendship. You've been such an amazing expander in my life for what is actually and has been my intention since moving to Bali and especially in 2022, this intention of embodiment and regulating my nervous system. You have been such a powerful expander for me in really optimizing my morning routine to support the nervous system and to support feeling safe and secure in my body through different practices. And also that includes writing, right? Taking some time each day to consciously connect to the channel first thing in the morning. And we can get into details about that after if if it feels aligned. But the way in which you've expanded this for me is that just by observing you and observing the way that you operate with such a high level of clarity in your life, I naturally learn things just by observing and watching you grow. I feel like that's such a highlight of our friendship is just seeing how quickly you evolve. And I feel like it's the same thing you reflect back to me quickly, how quickly I'm evolving in Bali because we are so supported by the environment, the community, what's available to us here. And yeah, I've also just been expanded by you in learning about your thought processes and everything that you share about Dharma and embodying that. Like I said, like not just taking these things as logic or not just taking these things as learning, but applying them and integrating them into your ideal lifestyle. Mm, yeah, so good. And I'm what just came to my mind just now is the the concept of human design. When I remember so clearly the day that we pulled both of our charts up side by side and saw how compatible they were in terms of, you know, our strengths and our weaknesses and and knowing that I am a manifesting generator and you are a projector and the ways in which we do, you know, visually we fill in the gaps with one another and just knowing that about ourselves, it makes just the overall friendship so expansive to begin with, you know? And I just want to know your take on that with human design and when how that plays into friendships and being aware of someone's design, how can that help us to support one another? 
Yeah, I remember that day too. And what I remember was so eye-opening for looking at our charts together was that I was just thinking, like, I think at that point in time, I can't remember how long we've been like living together, but I'd lived on my own for quite some time. And I always thought, oh, I would I would not ever have a roommate again. But I just naturally just felt so aligned with you. And we've always had great conversations. And just on an energetic level, I always just felt like, oh, my nervous system is so relaxed and at ease with Grayson in my space. Like, whereas other people and even people who I'm close with and are friends with, and it's nothing to be taken personally, it's just an understanding of human design. Sometimes I just feel like my nervous system is highly activated or there's like a lot of excitement energy or even there there can be heavy energy at times. And I just felt like around you, I am the most balanced. So when we pulled up our charts and looked at them and it was like where let's say my open centers are, you have filled in and you definitely have a greater understanding of human design than I do. But it was like, oh, here's like, you know, if we had a friendship necklace, let's say, they just fit together like little puzzle pieces. And it was so cool to see that because I feel like it was a lot of validation for human design. And the way in which I feel like this this understanding helps friendships and just allows for powerful, connected, deep friendships to happen is that by understanding someone's energy type, you just sort of understand how they operate and you can then move away from perhaps old ways of being that might have taken another person's actions as personal to you when really it's just like understanding, oh, that's how a person operates. And also I find uh, moving out of the way of comparison because when you understand that one energy type works one certain way and one energy type works a different way, you can see how actually everyone, if they are aligned with their human design or operating in a way that is optimal to them. And when you join forces and you come together in that way, you can actually just create powerful ideas or something that we do together is just like powerful ceremonies where we're bringing in our visioning and our ideas and setting those intentions into the universe. And we're both naturally using our gifts in those types of spaces. And you just see how intentional and how potent containers can be when people are and friendships are operating in this way of fully understanding each other on an energy level. Yeah, so true. And I love the fact also that you and I are both definitely many things, but for one, we are both coaches. And so we have this lens on life of finding the lessons and everything. And that's something that you've really taught me personally that I am so grateful for. Anything that I'm moving through you know, I've learned how to not take that personally and how to understand what it's teaching me and how to have gratitude for it. And I just wanted to bring that up because I think the way in which that we do operate life, you know, as roommates and as coaches, it just really helps to support this such an expansive friendship because we understand we understand the core of the energy and and how to not take things personally and how to collaborate together. You know, I think that's so important that, you know, friends can obviously have a great time and, and be friendly with one another. But when the energy is supportive to create and be in that 
energy of creation, which is ultimately what the frequency of love is, when you're working from this frequency of love and creating something together in a form of collaboration with a friend, there's unlimited potential there. And I'm so excited for just, you know, bringing you on the podcast and just all of the future endeavors that we have kind of in our mystical world up there in the Vata phase of life that's that hasn't fully dropped down yet, but it's kind of brewing for us. So I just wanted to touch on that. But if someone's out there and wanting to find their own expander to cultivate these conscious friendships to propel themselves further on their timeline, how would you suggest that they can go about and find their own expander? What does that look like for someone? Yeah, I feel like it begins with gaining clarity on on what it is that you would like to bring into your life friendship-wise. So, for example, if you have never experienced a friendship with powerful conscious communication, maybe that's something that you're inviting in. Or maybe it's somebody who you want to be able to travel with. Or maybe it's somebody that you want to be able to learn from. Maybe somebody who you want to be able to share business ideas with or ideas about the future. So I would say like just spending some time in the realm of possibilities of what actually would be a next level of friendship for me or what would be something that would really support the environment that I'm in right now or the environment that I'm cultivating and get clear on that. I mean, if you do understand your human design, you understand how you might manifest things. Sometimes people need the utmost clarity. And sometimes for me personally, as a projector, I just sort of need to set that intention out into the universe and just be clear of, okay, I want friends. I want no drama. Uh, This is sort of what I want it to look like. And then set that out into the universe and trust it will circle back to me. So I would just say clarity is key and intention setting is key. And then moving into that place of trusting, because if you feel a lack of, for example, in your life, or you feel a void, let's say not necessarily lack, but you just feel like there is actually space created for a friendship here, for a deeper connection of some kind here, right? If you can trust in that space, sometimes that space can seem uncomfortable at times. You might feel like, things like loneliness come in or things like doubt come in. But if you can move the needle along and be more in a space of trust that those magical people, those soul family connections are coming in, then they will arrive so incredibly quickly. Just as an example, in my life um, in September, when I had first moved to Changu, all of the friends that I did have in Bali at that point had gone back to Canada. So I literally went from having some great friendships here and then everybody leaving all at once. And I was like, wow, okay, so I'm in this new city, if you'll call it, in Bali. And I don't really know anyone, but I was almost excited because I remembered being at this place many times before in my life, having moved around quite a bit, that, oh, magic is coming. Oh, deeper conscious connected friendships are coming. And I think it's important to understand for anyone out there who might have faced any struggles in friendships in the past is that you're always attracting like mirrors to yourself or you're always calling in, I would say, those people who are an equal of vibration to you. So if you've learned a lot of lessons and you know yourself better than you've ever known yourself before, you can naturally know that you're creating space for friendships who are going to highlight all of that personal growth for you in the most positive way and are going to allow you to have a deeper connection in that space. 
Totally. Yeah. The internal world that we are constantly living in and working on is a direct reflection of the external. And so the more work and the more clarity we find within us, the more that will attract, like you said, the mirror on the other side to reflect that work back to us in themselves. So on the other side of this coin of of expansive friendships, I feel like there needs to be an acknowledgement of what we call, you know, a soul contract coming to a close, which, you know, in one of your recent YouTube videos, you spoke on this topic of normalizing the end of friendships. And I will have that video linked in the show notes. But Zoe, I'd love for you to touch on this idea here, because I think you're so right. And we don't really address it or shine a light on navigating the end of friendships. And so I'm wondering your take on how we can change our perspective to understand that some people just aren't meant to be with us for as long as we thought. And the more work we do and the more we do raise our vibration, let's say, or you know, we change our frequency, the more we just naturally fall away from others that once we're at our same level. So yeah, what is your take on how we can maybe just not take that so personally if that is happening right now with, with friendships? Yeah, I think this is such a great topic to shine light on, Grayson, because the reason why I wanted to create that video was because a lot of coaching clients have come to me with this throughout all different periods and times of their life. And naturally, I I know that any of you listening to this podcast, because you cannot perceive what you're not in the vibration of, are those souls who are awakening more and more each day. And once you're on that path, I mean, hello, evolution, like you will continue to awaken and evolve throughout your life. And part of that means letting go of things, right? Letting go of attachments, letting go of the past and previous ways of being to welcome in the new. And sometimes that is friendships. So there's tons of content out there about breakups and how to get over a breakup, But what I found personally when I have been on this journey of evolving and detaching from certain people in my life who were close friends at one certain time was that there wasn't necessarily supportive content out there for that. And I think it's because if we're looking at movies, if we're looking at books, if we're looking at certain scenarios, there's always, you know, best friendships, a lot of camaraderie out there in the messaging that's like, oh, you have a best friend and you're best friends for life. Or like, this is the way that it is. You know, you see all different shows and people, people no matter what, like I'll just bring in Gossip Girl as an example. <laughs> like Serena and Blair been through so much. Like they, they, perhaps there was a lot of toxicity at times, but they still remain close friends. And so we're, it doesn't, there's sort of this messaging out there of like, it doesn't matter what happens. You need to be best friends if you've already decided that, no matter what, you'll come back to being best friends, right? Just as a little example there. And so what I really want to start normalizing more uh, for people is that as you evolve, as you're on this path of continuously awakening, you grow together with people or you grow apart from people. And it doesn't mean that there needs to be a falling out or it doesn't need to be a bitter ending but understanding that it's a natural part of life to detach and to create space for the new. Okay, so when we start to view it from that lens, we can automatically stop taking things so personally because it's like, oh no, okay, if I'm zooming out of my life right now, I see as, okay, I feel like this person and I have outgrown each other in different ways and lessons have been learned and perhaps the last lesson in our soul contract 
that we decided on before we entered into this human experience has been completed. So it's natural that it falls away. And for me personally, in my life, I found that any time that I tried to attach to the idea of being best friends with this person no matter what or being best friends till the end or like similar to what I spoke about Gossip Girl, like attaching to the messaging or different ideas of things have to look a certain way, it's putting not only that individual in a box but also putting the self into a box and also putting the idea of friendship into a box when we are always meant to be expanding and breaking through ceilings and breaking through all sorts of different limitations in our lives. So I've learned this lesson time and time again where if I remain attached to things, perhaps in the form of people, perhaps in the form of romantic relationships, if I remain attached to anything, it is the root of all suffering. It is the place in which I limit my own growth and when I start to not feel good at the simplest form. Yeah, I mean, any form of attachment is ultimately, it's keeping us small. It's keeping us playing small and it's not allowing us to expand and grow. And so being aware of, even if we are putting ourselves in a box, I feel like so many situations in in which maybe we are putting ourselves in a box and we aren't even aware of it. And I love to come back to the idea, I can't remember where I heard this from, but we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with or the five people we talk the most with. And so whatever level in which they're vibrating or operating, that is actually reflecting onto us. So if we're spending a lot of time around people with lower vibrations or negative thoughts or limiting beliefs, then we're naturally going to absorb that energy and it's going to keep us playing small and shift our path a little bit. And so, like you say all the time with me, which I love, it's just bringing awareness to the situation is over half the battle. You know, it's already so healing to bring awareness to this. Yeah, awareness is 90% of the transformation because the hardest part is being stuck without awareness. Feeling, for example, the effect of a friendship sort of moving away and wanting it to look a certain way or wanting to frame it in the past and continuously reaching for that previous identity within the self and within another person that just simply aren't there anymore, right? It's like where we find ourselves in these internal battles of fighting for the illusion of the past, when really we're meant to open up and embrace the future. Mm. So, so powerful to just even recognize that and bring that to light here, Grayson, is that awareness. Once you have awareness, oh, you can recognize you're on your way out, mm-hmm. right? It's bringing awareness to every situation, every inner turmoil, every dissatisfaction, and, and looking at what's the lesson here, what can I bring awareness to immediately allows a shift to happen. And I think quite immediately just allows you to feel quite lighter with things because you're recognizing, oh, okay, this is actually just a lesson and, oh, I've completed so many other lessons in my life. I will make it through this. I will feel okay again. I will remember who I am again. Right. Yeah. And then opening up the scope now to talk about Dharma and to to shine a light on basically, you know, our, our soul's mission, what we're here to do in this lifetime, you know, personally, both of us, our souls have signed up for quite a lot in this current human experience, which means that we have really been faced with mastering the art of evolving. 
so much of dharma to me at least you know is it's in the letting go in order to remember who we are at our core and so in that letting go that does mean friendships obviously but that does mean letting go of parts of ourselves that we once were and in trying to understand how to not overly attach or overly identify with maybe a past version of ourselves. I'm just wondering, because I know you've been through so many seasons and there's been so many shifts in the path and whatnot and the roles you play, and you are a woman of many talents. And I just want to know if there is something in particular that helps you to release these past versions of Zoe in order to keep evolving on your path. Thanks, Grayson. That's so sweet. (laughs) Um, Yes. So as we continuously evolve, I think it's so powerful to to know your values as an individual because values are something that you can always come back to. So for example, one of my – to share a really good example, my top two values are authenticity and freedom. So I need to feel authentic within and I need to feel free and sovereign within in order to be feeling my best and at my highest potential. So in understanding what your values are, I find that I can trust more easily as I move into the future and I move into new dimensions of myself. So if I give the example of Cambo and moving into the space of being a certified practitioner, that's not something that I ever anticipated in my life. I could have never actually predicted that that would have circled into my path. I mean, as soon as I entered into the Amazonian medicine world, I knew that this was something that would be a part of my life, but in no way did I actually imagine myself to be facilitating and facilitating this young especially. So when that started to circle around, I noticed that my ego was feeling like, wow, um, are we sure that we can do this? Are we sure that we're ready for something like that? And I was like, okay, well, let me circle back to my values. Is this feeling truly authentic to me? Full body, yes. Okay. And is this feeling like something that can offer me freedom? Yes, because this is a whole new level of myself that I get to express. And that's all the soul ever wants is just to continuously express itself. We are the universe understanding itself each time that we express and move through life. So it just feels good to move forward and learn new things. So when I really anchored into that awareness, I felt like, well, yeah, this is just a thing that Zoe has to do to expand in her life. And yeah, that meant letting go of previous versions of the self, right? But all of those previous versions were ones that were limiting me, right? If there was any ego backlash that was occurring, it was just simply the ego trying to keep me safe from entering into something new. And as we move forward in the future, I think there's also different ways in which we might associate or attach to previous versions of the self. And in hindsight, it's 2020, but there's also this aspect of sometimes hindsight, we view it through rose-colored glasses and we can think, oh, life was so much easier than when I wasn't aware. Or I'll give the example of sometimes I find myself very susceptible to looking back to my life in Italy and feeling like, wow, that was the time of my life. Like that was absolute perfection. It was 
beautiful. It was so inspiring. I was eating the most amazing food every day. And sometimes that, like I said, that's a vulnerable place for my ego because it goes back there and it, it loves Italy so much. But the truth of the matter is I'm romanticizing that because I think back to that previous version of me and yes, I might have been uh, somewhat naive and unaware of things that I know now and life might have seemed a lot more rose-colored, but I was also a being that experienced a lot of anxiety that I didn't understand where that anxiety was coming from. And it was only after I started to dive into deeper energy work through Amazonian medicines like ayahuasca and also becoming a certified professional life coach through IPAC where we have a focus on core energy coaching, did I begin to bring more into awareness. And so this future version of me is actually the most optimal version of me and it's catching ways in which I might be romanticizing the past or attaching to the past or labeling the past as better than than the now or even the, the future because awareness, again, 90% of the transformation, there is a whole new level of authenticity and freedom that that is living inside of me right now that is being expressed into the world right now that is all my soul's ever been yearning for. And so I think in relation to dharma and as your dharma, let's say, evolves over time is just trusting and perhaps looking at the anchors that are your personal values and also recognizing that sometimes the past can be viewed in in certain ways that might not actually be serving you, but perhaps limiting you from everything that's available in the present moment. Yeah, I love that. And I love how how much clarity and how simple these values are, right? Authenticity and freedom. There's no room to, you know, confuse anything when you can come back to those two words and just having them as a reference for any big decisions that are coming up for you or, or any opportunities that are presenting themselves to you. You can reference, okay, well, this, you know, help me express my authentic self. Okay, check or no check. And will this make me uh, feel free and, and expansive in my life? Okay, if it's a yes or a no, it's like it's it's that internal compass of is this right for me? Is this not right for me? And just knowing your values, like you said, it, it really does help us to keep that as our momentum moving forward. Mm-hmm. How did these values present themselves? Yeah, I think when I really think about this, they were always present for me, but perhaps I didn't have the word or label for them or the deeper understanding that I was yearning for. But I always appreciated people who are real and authenticity. And I also always appreciated feeling free, having the ability to perhaps do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted or the ability to express myself. Or for example, in the space of friendship, I felt like I was always looking for friends that I could be my true self around and feel accepted to be my true self around because that would offer up both both values of authenticity and freedom. It's free to operate as my authentic self in this space. I feel safe to operate as myself in this space. Yeah. And I'm just thinking now of what mine would be. And the two words that are coming to me is obviously clarity and I think love. I think those Mm -hmm. two um, are really speaking to me at this moment just for, you know, the current season of 
my life that I am working with and and moving forward from that place. And what I'd love to ask is just bringing us into the present moment, you know, what is your current intention for for this season of your life right now? Ooh, great question. So my intention for this season of my life is still in alignment with the 2022 intentions of embodiment and regulating my nervous system. But I think just to highlight, like really optimizing my internal world so I can experience an optimized external reality. I feel so blessed to be in Bali. I feel so blessed to live the life that I live. And now that I feel like I've achieved a lot of stability in my inner world, I am now at this fun place of experimenting in different ways of, okay, well, how can I optimize Zoe's experience? Like what would be an elevated life now? Now that we've sort of done a lot of the deep healing, a lot of the purging, if you will, that needed to happen, and there's this new level of knowing the self, okay, so what can Zoe do or what would lead to Zoe's most optimized body and internal state than to receive even more magic in the outside world? Basically living in this beautiful playground of healing and all of these modalities that are available to us, you know, breath work, yoga, meditation, so abundant. So that's great. I love that. And that definitely resonates with the current intention for me as well. And what do you find, if anything, is holding you back from your most optimal self? Hmm. What is holding me back from my most optimal self? I mean, probably the illusion of time because there's so many things that I want to do, but there's only so many hours in a day. (laughs) Um, But hmm, that is a great prompting question of what if anything is holding me back? And I do feel really blessed. Like Bali, like you said, it's this playground where everything is available to us. Um, But I would say what if anything is holding me back is, is financial freedom. So there's still there's still a desire for me to reach certain goals and put a certain amount of efforting towards my work, which I do love to do, but naturally more time space freedom, naturally more financial freedom would allow for more space to explore the self and optimize the the inner world. Like maybe that would be, feeling comfortable enough to take off on a trip for a month to, let's say, the Amazon and go meet Cambo, something like that I know would actually benefit me in exponential ways. And of course, it's all divine timing. But at this point in time, I actually do not feel comfortable walking away from my business and everything that I have built uh, to take a month off. It just doesn't feel cushy enough for me yet, if I could say. And especially being in this season of creation and momentum mode that we were talking about earlier today, actually, Grayson. It's like now that I've sort of dropped into this level of creation momentum, that's actually what I want to do. So that's actually where exactly where I want to be right now. And I trust that in the future and for everything that I'm intending for, that I will reach this cushy space of more financial freedom and stability and trust to take off an adventure when I feel Mm. the call to. 
Yeah, I love that. And I definitely see that in your future for sure. It just makes me think of these, you know, cycles of productivity that I like to refer to and just like these three doshas. It very much right now with this season of execution and work with this pitta fiery energy, the next natural progression is to step into that sacred pause, which is the kapha, the resting and the recharging. And that Maybe that does look like, you know, taking a month off and nourishing your soul in the Amazon, you know, and taking that time for yourself to give a full reset, rejuvenation. So I think we're always a few steps ahead in knowing what is coming for us and what we're intending for. And so just having awareness to plant the seeds now that, yes, this is what my soul is craving. This is what is in the next, maybe it's the next few months, maybe it's the next year or two years, whatever, The that's up the, to the universe to decide when that is going to be orchestrated. But we know that that is coming towards us and to just plant the intention and let it come to us mm-hmm. and to just trust and to surrender to that timeline. Mm. Yes. So good. So I want to now talk about you as author Zoe and and I know you've written many books and it's been so inspiring to just be in your energy as an author and you have a very exciting offering right now into the world and I would love to talk about it so why do you specifically feel like this moment right now is so crucial for aspiring authors to write their stories oh such a great question Grayson and thank you so I feel like it's time more than ever for people to really step into their authentic selves, again, to really express what their soul feels the need to express. And writing as a medium is such a powerful way to connect to your soul's purpose, as you also highlighted to me, Grayson, is that when you start to access that state of flow, you are learning lessons about yourself. You're connecting to your higher self. You're just allowing that divine guidance to make itself known. And it's such a beautiful space to be in because when we share our truths, let's say, for example, through writing as we're speaking into, it gives other people permission to share their truths. And we're in such a pivotal time on planet Earth right now. And there is this call for people to just be who they came here to be really acknowledge the soul that that they that they chose to incarnate in like just recognizing that they have so many gifts there is so much beauty in expressing the story that wants to come through for example if it is fiction nonfiction if it's a memoir it's an autobiography if it's a fantasy right ideas they wouldn't be there if someone else in the world didn't need them right? And that also includes yourself. I know for me personally in writing, for example, my first book, Beauty and the Breakdown, that was all about the year from getting out of a an abusive, toxic relationship and really building my, my inner world up from, you know, if I was the phoenix arising from the ashes, it starts where I'm in the ashes, where I'm in the depths. And it was the year's journey of taking myself to rise and buy a one-way ticket to Rome, Italy, which was always my dream and make that happen. In writing Beauty and the Breakdown, I healed so much. At that point in my life, I didn't have the financial means to pay for therapy, unfortunately. And so writing was actually so incredibly therapeutic for me. And that's when I really understood 
how powerful writing is for the individual, but also how powerful it is for the people who will read it. I received so much positive feedback from sharing my story and from so many women who had been through something similar, but who didn't who didn't feel comfortable sharing it. And so I know that through sharing my truth, I did some heavy lifting for others in ways, or just as you might do on the podcast when you share vulnerably, Grayson, or as I have done on YouTube, vulnerability is what the world craves and it is what the world needs more than ever before is people sharing their authentic truths for being vulnerable, for doing the heavy lifting for others because a rising tide lifts all boats, right? When we do heavy lifting for others, we're showing other people what's possible and it just helps everyone rise together. So true. And I just love this new trend of recognizing vulnerability and making that normal, you know, making Mm -hmm. it because people do want to relate to each other. And the way in which we do that is to be vulnerable, to show our shadows, to show that we are looking at our wounds and doing this work. And it's it's inspiring others to do the same and to look at ourselves. So back to this Write Your Story, back to this element of storytelling, because this is such a medium that flows through you. Tell us about this program and I am so excited about it. So you've created a program yeah. called Write Your Story. Let's let's hear all about it. Yeah. So this program, it was it was up in the crown chakra, if you will. It was up in the idea space for a very long time. I think probably about a year and a half, but it never actually quite dropped in and through me. So the idea wasn't yet fully embodied. It was just this thing that I knew I was going to do when it started to drop in. And it started to drop in, I think, in divine synchronicity because this is the period in time in which I am beginning to write my next book. So I think it's really like a season for that, a season for creation, a season for momentum. And Write Your Story is a DIY program. So that means that you move through the program yourself and definitely recommended to move through all of the modules within two to four weeks. And the modules aren't long. I'm a digital minimalist, so I'm all about things being potent and to the point. And so you can spend the majority of your time working through the workbooks, working through the prompts to start activating that creative channel that is writing. And yeah, there's just, there's just so much goodness in that course. And uh, Grayson, thank you so much for helping me with it. Grayson actually created the visuals for that because that is such a gift that you have. And So it it also looks really pretty is basically what I'm saying thanks to Grayson. Um, But yeah, the content in there is truly meant to activate the author within and really begin to allow you and give you permission to start to view yourself as an author and have that identity shift. Because the truth is, if there's a story within you, you're already an author and books just want to be written. Once you start to get those ideas down on paper – It's just this addictive flow that starts to happen. And again, like I said, it's healing. It's therapeutic. You learn so much about yourself. You read what you just wrote and you're like, damn, I'm good. Like, wow, that flowed through me. And you start to see yourself in a different way. You start to see yourself as powerful. You start to connect to your life's purpose. And what's great about Write Your Story being a DIY program is that it's completely signs you up for success. So it it allows you to consciously create the blueprint of your book so that if any time you face or what people might deem as writer's block, it just simply won't happen because you can circle back to your 
workbooks and see what you wrote about really have clarity on your why and have this skeleton built out for your book so you can just allow that divine flow to happen. Write Your Story is basically the place where you use both masculine and feminine energies. The masculine is the container and you also infuse it with the divine feminine, which is that creativity. And so it is the idea for your book becomes fully embodied and you become the channel to allow that to flow through you. Oh, yes. I'm so excited for all of the amazing stories and books that are going to be written from the Write Your Story program. It's it's so incredible. And it was such an honor to help collaborate and, and make the visuals and just support in any way. And I wanted to touch on what you mentioned with how you had this idea up there, you know, marinating for so long. Um, I believe you said a year, year and a half. And I think that is really relatable to a lot of us that might have a very big idea of maybe it's a program, maybe it's a new career change, maybe it's creating a business, or maybe it's even moving to a new country. And and we think on it and we sit on it for a long time, you know, years. And you are waiting for it to drop down and divine time and the synchronicities lined up and, and it was time and you knew. And I'm wondering if there was something you did or a mindset shift or something that you, you know, changed lifestyle wise that allowed you to really create the space for this to drop down and to create that safety within yourself or write your story to finally be birthed out into the world. Yeah, it definitely was all about creating space and creating space in my internal world So like I said, coming back to this intention of embodiment and regulating the nervous system, I do feel like a lot of suppressed emotions had to be released in order for me to create space to embody this program, to create it. And also, again, for me to also accept the divine download that is my next book because these both came fully at the same time for me. And So it was creating space. It looked like spending a lot of time having this idea and just accepting that it wasn't there for me yet, like as in it wasn't ready for it to be created. And I think this was this was something that created a lot of challenge for me in my life because I'm somebody who loves creating. That is my one of my favorite places to be is just on that momentum of creating and working and flowing with divine energy. And for a long time, and even like when we first became friends, Grayson, I was still in my resting phase. I was in this great rest period for a long time. If we're going to pop into like the spiritual side of things, I was in a dark night of the soul and, and have been in my Saturn return for a couple of years now. So it's been this period of time where I, I've just felt like okay, I'm learning a lot. The pressure's on. It sort of feels like the emotions just keep flowing out of me and they're being released. But when will this stop? Because I want to be in creative energy again. I really want this this course and this book to flow through me because I know that I feel so good when I'm creating, but then it is just being patient with the self. You cannot rush the soul's journey. So I feel like I had to I had to create space for it and that meant, like I said, releasing a lot of suppressed emotions. It also meant accepting that it just wasn't the right time yet. And I think it also was allowing this soul to fully shift into this place of not needing things 
right? It was like I needed to come to this place where I actually didn't need this course to come through me. I didn't need this book to flow through me. It was finally this place of, okay, I fully trust that when it's ready, it will come. And and that was just letting go in order to receive, almost bringing it back to where we started this conversation around friendships is each time that you let go, you actually create space to receive what's next for you. And I think I had to let go because I was reaching so much for creative energy and flow because that's a place, like I said, I feel the most optimal or let's say the most of service. But in fact, what that looked like for me for let's say a a year and a half or even longer, being of service actually meant me releasing emotions and sharing when I felt inclined about that. Like that was actually what was of highest good to my soul at that point. It wasn't creating. So understanding these seasons and thanks for educating me on them, Grayson, because I didn't fully understand um, the doshas. And when you started to explain this to me, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like I can receive more validation for this exactly where I'm at. And then trusting that it will come when it's time. And of course, it came when the space was made for it. It came when I trusted. It came when I let go. It came when I released the suppressed emotions that were in the way of me fully embodying these divine downloads and ideas. So many things just in that last share that I feel so inspired by, mainly that there is such an element of slowing down. Because I remember so clearly when you were so in the thick of it and used to that that pace of life, that hustling, that getting it done, that work, that flow. And I remember, you know, telling you about the doshas and inviting you to be open to the idea of slowing down and being present and grounding. And we talked about, you know, opening up that space for the download to come in. And just moving to Bali, I mean, that is such a a shock to the nervous system because the pace of life is very slow here, especially when we both landed. We both lived in Ubud for a few months. And it's so funny how synchronous our timelines of Bali actually were. Zoe and I, we landed in Bali the same exact week, but I think it was a few months until we actually crossed paths. But we were both in Ubud for the same amount of time. And then we both moved to Chenggu around the same time. And then we finally met and it was just so synchronous. But in saying that, I think there was such a adjustment that needed to happen with the slowing down. And really, it was letting go of the past speed of life and to be comfortable with just what is and to be accepting of here we are now and it's a different form of grounding and and we like we we always talk about we are living in a vortex of energy this insanely potent energy of healing and so we do have to be kind and set you know very simple intentions for the day to allow us to feel connected and supported throughout our day-to-day life and That was so much of it as well. And just, you know, that element of slowing down. Yeah. I think like what the experience it sounds like was for both of us being in Ubud and landing in Bali is that if you're committing to Bali for an extended period of time, Mama Bali will come in and she will begin to massage a new way of being. And it's not always the most gentle experience. It can 
be a lot of emotional release, a lot of purging in ways, but it's because our Western way of doing things, and this is just a generalization, the Western way of doing things, of hustle, of productivity, of getting things done, that just simply does not exist here and it it does not work here because the more that I personally tried to go back and visit the previous identity of Zoe who was a hustler who made things happen, who would just drink coffee and stay up in order to get everything done. And I think it's an easy place to fall into as an entrepreneur because as an entrepreneur, you are visionary. There's always more that you can do and you can see that. And so it's about finding the balance and Mama Bali, she comes in with all the lessons that are needed for you to live in harmony with your body, with nature, with this life. And like I said, she had to massage a new way of being into me. She had to really uh, release and get deep into places in which I was still operating from survival or operating from this place of needing to be efforting all the time to feel worthy or feel good enough of receiving. And what she's really shown me is rest is productive and there is actually more space for receiving when you slow down and when you start to enjoy and create space. Yeah. And just speaking of Bali and this incredible magical playground that we live on and how everything is just so possible. Coming back to my dharma specifically, I am very excited about my upcoming retreat that will be happening in a couple of months. And to tie this in with Zoe, I'm just very excited and full of gratitude to finally announce that Zoe will be joining the lineup of incredible teachers and healers and speakers on Clarafino's retreat, which is happening this May from the 11th to the 17th here in Bali. So there is still time to register and spaces are currently open for you to make this part of your reality. So if this is resonating take action and come see us. You can hang out for a week-long retreat here to discover your life purpose and to just completely design the life of your dreams. And so, Zoe, I would love to know what you are most excited about in regards to coming on and working with Clarafino's upcoming retreat. Oh my goodness. I am beyond excited. And you guys, I can just tell you, Grayson has planned the most incredible week for you. It is so optimized. You are going to experience all of the magic of Bali and all of the awakening that your soul is ready to experience through signing up for the Clarafino retreat, right? The the transformation begins with the transaction. So those of you who have already signed up or who are going to make that commitment, like you will just – you'll receive more than you could ever possibly imagine. It's just going to be the most – Ugh, insane, insane container. Like, and I use insane in the way of like, it's just going to blow your mind. <laughs> I think that um, just the the people who are involved in this retreat, Grayson just organizing it and infusing it with all of her knowledge and wisdom around Dharma and Mama Bali just holding us in this space and time. Yeah, it just on all levels, you will transform in all of the beautiful minds who are coming together to create magic here. So I'm, I'm excited for the whole thing. And I think that each and every one of you can expect to gain 
massive amounts of clarity in your life, awakening, connection to self, connection to your soul, and excitement for the future, an excitement that you've never experienced before, and really visioning the future and choosing to be a conscious creator of your reality moving forward based on what you come to learn about yourself. And I think that Clarifino will be something that people can associate with life before and life after as it being extremely different because Grayson has really optimized the schedule to allow each and every single one of you to tap into your highest potential. Yeah, I've been really diligent with being so intentional with every single aspect, especially coming to the schedule. And you guys are going to be so deeply cared for and and nourished. And like Zoe said, just completely optimized. And there will be life before the retreat and life after the, the retreat. And I firmly stand by that. So All of the information will be in the show notes if you are interested in checking that out. I highly encourage it. And yeah, thank you so much, Zoe, for joining me on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom and just having a little, you know, casual chat with me like we always do. But it was such a treat. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Grayson. As always, love chatting with you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to end out our conversation today, I'd just love to ask one question, Mm -hmm. which is what makes you come alive? I really love this question. So I feel like in this moment, what I'm reflecting on is what really makes me come alive is conscious, connected conversations. And Vulnerable sharing, right? As uncomfortable as it is to be vulnerable, it's kind of like living. It's kind of like I associate sometimes the visualization when I'm about to, let's say, upload or post a vulnerable YouTube video or I'm sharing something that I've learned. I'm like, wow, this could be viewed uh, in all different ways. But uh, what I think about is it's like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute, right? There's going to be this experience where you're falling, you're free falling, and you're like, wow, I've really just expanded my comfort zone to a place that I've never been to before. Or you could also relate this in like, let's say, telling someone that you have feelings for them, right? And any way of being vulnerable or expressing yourself, there's sort of this free fall feeling before and then you catch yourself as like, oh, I'm good. It doesn't matter what the response is because I realized that that's all actually that I wanted to do was share my truth and that's living. That is that is living of pushing and expanding your comfort zones and seeing what you're capable of and then just ultimately being of service to others in, in this way. I think that's what makes me feel the most alive. Mm, so good. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your truth and for being vulnerable with us today. I will have all of Zoe's information in the show notes. If you would like to connect with her, consume her YouTube videos, her books, her podcast, everything. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. 